get back to Ezra? How many know where we left off? Some of you are going to say, chapter four, duh. <laughs> let's, let's pray. Father, uh, uh, tonight as we look at your word, Lord, we do pray that you would, you would just speak to our hearts. God, we're glad that we're here. I thank you for the music that kind of gets us in that place. We can, we can be lifted up. We can be in that place, sitting at your feet. And now as we do read your word, we don't want to just read words off a page or read a story or read about an event and, and uh, even, even just walk away being amazed at that. But Lord, we want you to speak to us. We want this time to be profitable. And, and uh, so, Lord, we do want to give you our undivided attention. And I know coming in on a Thursday night, we're coming from work or a lot of things. And, and some of us, man, we got a ton of stuff going on, chasing around in our head. And, and I pray that all of that can, can just be dissipated and go away and, and we can just really focus on what you have for us. So Lord, bless this time. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, to kind of catch us up, remember the children of Israel were in exile for 70 years. They were taken out of the land because they were, you know, because they were bad. And God removed them from the land. Something along those lines to remember is God never quit loving Israel. And he never quit being his children. And he never quit being Israel. Their consequences for what they did was they got kicked out of the land. They never got kicked out of God's heart, never chased away. So they were out of the land for 70 years, and now God has made it possible for them to come back and come back into the land. So uh, we, we looked at that at the beginning of Ezra, and it's interesting to me, once again, a small amount came back to compare to how many went out. But they came back, they were excited, they started building, and they kind of got caught up with building their own houses, got rebuked for that, started on the temple, and then people around them started hassling them. What do you guys think you're doing? And if you remember, first it started with then, right? The old guys, old people, listen up. The old guys were saying, we remember when it was like this and discouraged them. And then people from without came and said, what do you think you're doing? You guys are never gonna get that done. And they began to hassle them a little bit. Now tonight, we kind of we get involved back where Haggai and Zechariah begin their ministry to them. But it, their ministry was because certain ruling officials have come in now and tried to stop them from building. So as we look at this, something I want us to keep in mind. You know what? I think most of us know this and maybe even are experiencing it right now. Discouragement comes. Whether it's from people, old people, telling us we remember when it was like this, or whether it's from people uh, outside of our circle or family or whatever, discouragement comes and you and I have to make a decision. We can go forward or we can wallow around in self-pity and feel sorry for ourselves and, and get all caught up in that. Israel was kind of doing that. They were kind of in a place like, why should we keep going? This is so hard and so difficult and you know, we don't want to do this. And so here's the fun thing. Along comes Haggai and Zechariah. Now we studied the two prophets, right? Some of you have been here. We went through both of them. 
I hope you noticed there was a major difference between the two prophets. Here's what I love about, especially about this time in the life of Israel. You have Ezra, you have Nehemiah, both of them involved in a rebuilding, totally different, listen, totally different hearts, totally different ways of doing ministry, totally different ways of reaching people. You have Haggai and Zechariah involved, totally different. Haggai's kind of like the guy, Haggai's gonna come and tell you how it is, he's gonna tell you what you're doing wrong, he's gonna maybe tell you what you're doing right, but he's definitely gonna get you back on the right track. He's kind of that hard-hitting, hey, get it together. And then you have Zechariah, who's got eight visions in one night. He's kind of one of those people you're going, hmm, a little strange. And all through his thing, listen, all through his thing, Zechariah's kind of all about kind of talking about when Jesus is coming back, talking about all that stuff. Hey, there's encouragement there, but totally different ministries yet meeting the needs of what those people needed at that time because God sent them. So kind of keep that in mind. So we're back. Well, we're starting here. Look at verse one. It says, then the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Edo, prophets, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of God, in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. So that's our two guys, right? We're back introduced, and this is kind of where we left off. If you remember when we left here, we went to verse one of chapter five, and then we went, we listened to what Haggai said, and we listened to what Zechariah said. Now, I know that took a long time to get through those, through those two books, so for homework, read Haggai and Zechariah again and kind of, get, kind of get back into where they were at. So listen, those two guys, they came and they're ministering to the people. Now, they came back about 536 BC is when they came back into the land. Now, it's like 520 BC, maybe 519. So hey, these guys have been kind of on a 17 year break. They were supposed to come back and do this right away and they, they, they just kind of like, they were going and then it was like, and they stopped. And now you got these two guys who are gonna come on the scene and, and it's incredible. Again, just think about, man, God sent these two prophets to just say, hey, come on, let's get going and let's work on this thing. So then verse two says, so Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and, and uh, Jeshua, the son of Jadok, or Je, uh, Josadak, rose up and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them, helping them. It's, I love this, man. Listen, they weren't just telling them, hey, you need to get this built. They're in there swinging hammers and laying some mortar and they're alongside people. So they're prophesying to them and they're there working with them. And you have, so you have this whole crew. So here's, what, here's the way I look at it. They prophesied, they said, here's what's going on. Now everybody's back to work. Woohoo! right? Good thing. And now you got these two turkeys who show up. Have you ever noticed like even when, hey, you get discouraged in something or somebody or, you know, someone, someone you hear a message or something uh, and, and you get all encouraged again. And have you ever noticed there's always the haters, right? Haters are always gonna hate. And they come along and they go, what are you doing? Who gave you permission? Who said you could do that? I can remember times in my ministry when people said, who said you could do that? And I said, well... Nobody, really. And that's what these guys, listen, listen to who shows up. Verse three, at that same time, uh, Tatanai, the governor of the region, so listen, this is a guy who's put there by 
Cyrus or Darius or whoever's in charge, right? He's the governor. He's the, the worldly ruler of that area. So he's there, and then he's got a partner, and it says, and, and his partner, uh, Shethar uh, Boznai, and their companions came to them and spoke to them, who commanded you to build this temple and finish this wall? Wow. So they're going along. Listen, man, they're cooking along. And then these two rulers, these two authorities show up and say, who said you guys could do that? I always love it when they do that. And hey, if you know anything about the history of Calvary Chapel, Calvary Chapel pastors get asked that all the time. Like, who said you could do this? And, you know, I, I mean, my answer is, well, God did. God called me. You know, and, and it was recognized by man. I don't want to just be arrogant and say, well, I heard from God and I just did this. But listen, they're asking these guys, who said you could do this? Who gave you permission? Now, this is a little bit different because it is a, a building that they're doing. But these two governors are the governor and his partner in crime. Who on earth said you guys could do this? Now, here's what I love. Listen, who said you could do this? And, and said you could finish building this wall. Verse four, then accordingly, we told them the names of the men who were constructing the, this building. Here's what I love. Who said you could do this? Well, I'm not real sure, but here's the guys working. Did you kind of pick up on that? It's like, well, you know, here's the guys that are doing the work, which it seemed to partially satisfy them. And, but listen, look at verse five, and here's what you and I always need to remember. But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews so that they could not make them cease till a report uh, could go to Darius. Then the written answer was returned concerning the matter. So listen, God is on their side. And you and I need to remember something. When we're doing something and people are coming against us, and it, you know, even people are asking us, who do you think you are? And who gave you permission to do that? And et cetera. You need to remember that God is on your side. And I love this, man. Listen, the eye of God was upon them. He's watching everything they're doing. He knows the discouragement. He knows all that's going on. And he made it possible so these guys couldn't restrict them while they were working and they had to wait for a letter to come. Now we, you know, now we kind of zoom away from the work on the temple and we get involved in the letter. So this Tatanai decided, I'm gonna write a letter to Darius and find out if you guys really have, should you guys even be doing this, right? So this is a whole exchange. This is kind of funny. Uh, I, I think it's funny. Verse six, this is a copy of the letter that Tatanai sent, the governor of the region beyond the river and Shethar Bozni and his companions, the Persians, who were in the region beyond the river to Darius the king. So, Here's what's always fascinating to me. You know all the countries around Israel that hate Israel today? They, had, they hated Israel back then. Same, same people, same area, and I'm thinking, you know, now we're talking millenniums of hate, millenniums of coming against, trying to stop, and here's what blows my mind. They couldn't stop God then, and they're not gonna stop God now. And, you know, I just, sometimes I think, read your Bible. Get it together. It's not going to work. So, so listen, these guys sent this letter to the king. Verse 7, they sent the letter to him in which was written thus. So here's the letter or a copy of it. To Darius the king, all peace 
Let it be known to the king that we went into the province of Judea to the temple of the great God, which is being built with heavy stones and timber is being laid and the walls and this work goes on diligently and prospers in their hands. Now something to keep in mind, during this time, there's been a lot of upheaval in the whole kingdom of Darius. As a matter of fact, there was a lot of upheaval just for him to get there. You had King Cyrus, and then during his reign, you had a lot of revolts going on, a lot of things going on. So I kind of understand, listen, these two guys are in charge of that area, and they're just writing to the king, and they're going, hey, you need to know something. These guys say they're building a temple, but man, this temple's looking like a fortress. Did you notice how they described it? It's got heavy stones, it's got timber, and a temple, a temple's usually like more chilled. And this is, here's what they're saying. Are they building a fortress against you, O king? Kind of throwing a little bit out there. Or are they really building a temple? And here's the thing, man, they're really diligent about what they're doing. So trying to, listen, these guys hate what's going on, so they're trying to stop it, so they're trying to throw the king off. And then verse nine, then we asked those elders and spoke to them, thus to them. Who commanded you to build this temple and finish these walls? Verse 10, we also asked them their names to inform you that we might write the names of the men who were chief among them. Verse 11, and thus they returned to us an answer saying, we are the servants of the God of heaven and earth and we are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago which the great king of Israel built and completed. So here's, here's what I love, man. These guys are saying, hey, we're servants of God. That's who's, that's who's doing this work. We're not doing it for you. We're not doing it for our glory. We're doing it for the Lord. And then I kind of like, they go, listen, man, we're just rebuilding the temple that, that a great king, who are they talking about? King Solomon, right? He built this wondrous temple. We're just trying to put it back together. So I kind of like their answer. I think it's a good answer. But the main thing, we're building it for our God. But notice how even they say how they blew it. Look at verse 12. But because our fathers provoked the God of heaven to wrath, he gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this temple and carried the people away into Babylon. However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to build the house of God. Now remember, Cyrus wasn't really a Babylonian, so to speak. Remember, he was part of the Medes and the Persians that came in and conquered Babylon. So Cyrus came in and conquered them, and here's what they're saying. Man, the very first year, and you can go back and read the beginning of Ezra, the very first year, King Cyrus told us to come back and build the temple. So he's on our side. Now, again, there was Cyrus, Cyrus II, a couple others, and then you got to Darius. So, you know, they're letting them know, hey, we didn't, we didn't just like escape from Babylon and decide to do this. We were sent to do this. Cyrus sent us to do this. So, so listen, I kind of like what they've said so far. They're good. And then, and then they also tell them, verse 14, also the gold and silver articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple that was in Jerusalem and carried into the temple of Babylon, those King Cyrus took from the temple of Babylon and they were given to one named Sheshbazar, who I think Sheshbazar is, a, I, I, I believe, it's another name for Zerubbabel. I don't know why, why there's kind of two names because I don't think there's two different guys that are leaders and governors. I think, you know, maybe one was a nickname, but those sound like a very good nickname. 
Zerubbabel or Sheshbazar. I don't know, you know, it's like neither one of those sound like I choose that for a nickname. But anyway, I, I personally think it's the same. Some people say, no, there were two governors that were there, you know, simultaneous. Maybe, I don't know. So listen, but he says, hey, they were given to one named Sheshbazar, who he made governor. And he said to them, take these articles, verse 15, take these articles, go carry them to the temple site that is in Jerusalem and let the house of God be rebuilt on its former site. Then the same Sheshbazar came and laid the foundation of the house of God, which is in Jerusalem, but from that time until now, it has been under construction and it's not finished. Now, therefore, if it seems good to the king, let a search be made in the king's treasure, which was there in Babylon, whether it is so that the decree was issued by King Cyrus to build this house of God in Jerusalem and let the king send his pleasure concerning the matter. So here's what they're saying. We went and talked to these guys, and here's their story. They got this cockamamie story that, you know, they, they were in captivity and then Cyrus let them go to come back to rebuild this temple that one of their great kings built and, and you know, they're, they're, they're just trying to follow their God and they're doing it. He even gave them all the gold and silver and, hey, here's what I think these two governors are saying or the governor and his sidekick. This is a phony story. And they're going, so Darius, could you look this up and see if it's really supposed to happen? Could you look this up, find the paperwork, you know, like anybody would do today. Uh, it's kind of interesting to me that even in 500 BC, they're keeping track of things. Kind of cool, huh? Because a lot of them, hey, they found some of the writings from that time period, and these are real people. They're not make-believe people. Here's what I love about the Bible. The Bible's not a story about a place far, far away and a long, 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 long time ago. There's real people, real places, real real estate you can look at. These are, you know, these are known leaders and rulers of the time. So listen, man, here's what they're saying. Darius, we're not buying this. We don't believe these guys. Now, here's what's cool. God is working in such a way. They haven't stopped working. They're working away. They did stop for 17 years, but now they're back on track, and they're not going to stop. So, Darius, send us what you, what do you want us to do, Darius? You want us to take these guys? Because here's what they're thinking. Darius is, whose side Darius is going to be on? He's going to be on our side, right? Because we're bros. So Darius, we want this taken care of and just send us and tell us what to do. So verse, uh, verse one of chapter six, then King Darius issued a decree and a search was made in the archives that were uh, in the archives where the treasures were, st were stored in Babylon and at Akmetha, which I guess is supposed to be another place that I can't pronounce either. So hey, you know, it's always interesting to me when they put a footnote in the Bible and it's like, that didn't clear it up at all. Right? This is a place, hey, here's what we know. It's a place where they stored their treasure and their documents, okay? And it says, in the palace that is in the province of Media, a scroll was found, and in it uh, a record was written thus. So, hey, they dug up a scroll, right? Darius, find out if this is true. Now, you gotta love King Darius, right? He could have blown this up. He could have blown this off. He could have said, who cares? By the way, you know who's hanging out with Darius? It's a guy named Danny. Right? Daniel. 
Daniel's hanging out. A little bit of, you know, other things going on. So kind of keep in mind, listen, all of these guys are contemporaries. Daniel didn't go back to, he didn't go back to, or to, to Israel. He stayed there. And so Daniel's hanging out. Remember Darius is the one they came and they wanted to, they wanted to feed Daniel to the lions? So they're tight. You think Daniel might have helped him find that little scroll? You think Danny might have said, got this, got this, king. Here you go, man. I was here when Cyrus issued this. Check it out, right? So it's things to, you know, I mean, the Bible, hey, I believe the Bible records what we need, but it doesn't record every detail. So, you know, they find this, and it says, uh, it says, here's what was written, verse three, in the first year of King, of, of King Cyrus, King Cyrus issued a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt and the place where they offered sacrifices, let the foundations of it be firmly laid, its height 60 cubits and its width 60 cubits. Now, I'm gonna challenge you, go back and read the measurements of Solomon's temple. It'll kind of blow your mind. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna tell you what's up because I want you to read your Bibles. So go back and read, go back and read that, but there's a, there's a huge difference going on here that's sort of interesting. So listen, Cyrus, Cyrus even gave them the measurements to do, and in verse four, with three rows of heavy stones, right, and one row of new timber, and let the expense be paid from the king's treasury. So here's what Cyrus said. You guys, get your stuff and go home. Remember, we're calling this study in Ezra going home. Get your stuff, go home, gather up your tools when you get there, build this place, and here's what I love. And Cyrus says this, and I'll pay for it. Wow, that's kind of crazy talk, right? We're talking about a, a, a pagan, worldly king telling the children of Israel, go home, and I'll take care of it. Oh, and... Not only, will I, not only will I pay the expenses, and by the way, make it of heavy stone and big timber. What were they complaining about? Heavy stone and big timber, right? And then he says, listen, verse five, and also let the gold and silver articles of which the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple, which is in Jerusalem, and, and, and brought to Babylon, be restored and taken back to the temple, which is in Jerusalem, each to its place, and deposit them in the house of God. Does that kind of blow your mind? That's kind of crazy talk, right? Take all of this stuff. Listen, when, when they took all that stuff, it was treasure. And you're taking all these treasures. And remember Belteshazzar, if you know the book of Daniel? He's drinking out of that stuff. He's mocking that stuff. And now here's Cyrus who, who came in and took over and, and ousted him. Here's Cyrus saying, take all that stuff back, man. Get it back where it belongs. Kind of like Jojo. Some of you get that, some of you won't. But listen, man, take that stuff and put it back. And then, and then he says, now therefore, here's the, here's the great part, right? Hey, don't read on for a minute. Look, look up. You got these guys and they're, they're, they're hating Israel. They're the haters. And they're writing Darius and they're going, we want you to stop what's going on. We don't like what they're doing. We don't approve of what they're doing. And you need to stop what's going on. Now he just found out, hey, Cyrus is the one who told him to do this. This is legit. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then he drops the bomb on Tatanai and, and what's his face? 
Verse 6, now therefore, Tatanai, governor of the region beyond the river, and Shether Bosnai, and your companions, the Persians, who are beyond the river, keep yourselves far from there. Listen what he says. Get out of their way. Is that cool? Now, you got to know something. Who's in charge here? It's God. Pagan, listen, pagan rulers aren't going to do that for somebody else unless the Lord God is over this, right? Don't you, don't you love that? Listen, he tells these two guys, get your nose out of their business. Go back to do what you do, right? Get away from there. Verse 7, and let the work of this house of God alone and let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build the house of God on its site. Listen, get out of there, leave them alone, let them do what, what Cyrus told them to do. Just back off. That's bad enough. He's not done. Gotta love, listen, you gotta love Darius. Moreover, I issue a decree as to what you shall do for the elders of these Jews. For the building of this house of God, let the cost be paid at the king's expense from the taxes on the region beyond the river that is to be given, uh, that is to be given immediately to these men so that they are not hindered. Do you hear what he just said? Hey, Tatanai, take all of your tax money and give it to the Jews. No, they weren't supposed to build this. You don't understand. We don't want them doing this. Oh, I totally understand. Do you kind of think this might have been sometime after Danny was in the lion's den? Do you think that Darius had such a heart for these people because he saw the protection of God? And Daniel, this has got to be nuts. Listen, not only did he say leave them alone, he says, you know, take your tax money. I think, I, Tatanai's going, Pfft. he's going, hey, we wanted you to stop and now you're, why are you on their side, right? And then verse nine, and whatever they need, listen, man, it gets better. Young bulls, rams, and lambs for the burnt offerings of the God of heaven and wheat and salt and oil according to the request of the priests who are in Jerusalem. Let it be given to them day by day without fail that they may offer sacrifices of sweet aroma to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his sons. Now here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking there was a little bit of interaction going on there, right? Notice Darius said, hey, let them do their offering so that they'll be praying for me and my sons. So here's what I want you to do. You give them all the stuff they need. In other words, we're going to finance this whole operation. The government. Wow. What a turn of events. Now, I think if you're sitting in Jerusalem and you get that letter, man, you're going to be so encouraged, aren't you? Well, we'll get, we'll get to that in a minute. But oh, one more thing. He gets pretty heavy-handed here. Look at verse 11. And also I issue a decree that whoever alters this edict, let the timber be pulled from his house 
and erected and let him be hanged on it and let his house be made a refuse heap because of this. And may the God who causes his name to dwell there destroy any king or people who put their hand to alter it or destroy this house of God which is in Jerusalem. I, Darius, issue a decree and let it be done diligently. Woo! Do you know what they, do you know, the, you know that, that whole Medo-Persian empire they didn't crucify people. What they would do is they would, get, they would get a beam or a stake and they would put it in the ground and, and make a point and then they would just have a couple guys pick you up and shove you in that point so it would go right up behind your rib cage and you would hang there till you died. Kind of gross, huh? And he's saying, hey, anybody gets in the way of this house, I want that done to them. And you need to know something, man. Darius, Darius did that to like 20,000 people. So he wasn't funning. He wasn't, just, he wasn't just saying something that might happen. He goes, hey, they do that, that's what they're gonna get. Now that would, that would kind of deter you from coming against them, right? You kind of think, you gotta know, man, this guy and Daniel had to be tight. So the letter gets there. Now here's what I, here's what I love, verse 13. Then Tatanai, the governor, uh, oh man, why do we have to do this whole thing? The governor of the region beyond the river and Shethar, Bozni and their companions diligently did according to what the king uh, Darius had sent. I bet they did. Right, man? Anything you guys need, we're there for you. We want to help you out, and, and you can take care of it because we don't want to be hanging on no pole, you know, with a, with a stake up in our rib cage. And, and so anything you guys want. And then look at this part. So the elders of the Jews, in verse 14, built, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo. Listen, the whole time these guys are, while that letter is being composed and being sent, these guys are prophesying and encouraging them. You see, here's what I believe. I believe these guys heard from the Lord before they heard from Darius. And they heard from the Lord and they believed God and they're gonna do it. Again, go back and read Haggai and Zechariah. And then Darius comes alongside. Hey, for them, that was just confirmation. And so, man, look at it. So, so it says, listen, man, I, I love that whole idea. They're prophesied and they built in the middle of verse 14. And they built and they finished it according to the commandment of God, of the God of Israel, and according to the command of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. Now we're kind of getting down there, right? We're, we're getting down there. We got a whole nother king involved, Artaxerxes. You kind of know where he was involved in? Artaxerxes, does he ring a bell? Another book in the Bible, Ezra. I'm, I'm sorry, Esther. Hmm. So maybe we'll go check out Esther next week. Because I want us to understand all of these are working together. They're not just, they're not just you know, just uh, random stories. They're working together. So yeah, Artaxerxes involved here. And verse 15 says, Now the temple was finished on the third day of the month of Adar, which, is the sixth, uh, which was the sixth year of the king of Darius. So that means about 515. BC. So they've been working on this, what? They've been working on four, uh, you know, four and a half years or so, or, and, and uh, you know, and they're, they're finally getting to the place. So if they started in 519, that's 515. So, so, hey, they've been going for a while. And man, listen, it's cranking down. They're done. They finished it. And then it says, then the children of Israel. You know what? I circled that in my Bible. 
for this reason. It doesn't say from the tribe of Judah. What does it say? Children of Israel. All the tribes were involved. That whole thing of being bogus about the 10 lost tribes, God doesn't lose. Listen, if God could lose whole tribes of people, do you think he could take care of you? Whenever I hear that, I think, like God went, I had 12. Now I only got two. Where'd he go? I mean, I hear 10 lost, they never got lost. It says, of the children of Israel, all of them are their representatives and, and we need to understand that. And you know, then there's that whole theory of, you know what, 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 what cracks me up is there the whole theory they ended up in you know, Anglo-Saxon England and then some of them came to America. And, and we're not the Jews. I just like, when I hear that stuff. So, hey, so listen, man. It says, though they finished it, then the children of Israel, the priests and the Levites, verse 16, and the rest of the descendants of the captivity celebrated dedicating the, uh, dedic- or celebrated the dedication of this house of God with joy. Don't you know how stoked they were? Don't you know how good that would feel, man? Not only did we come home, now we got our temple back. And man, listen, they had to be jumping around. And verse 17, they offered sacrifices at the dedication of, the, of this house of God, 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 lambs, and a sin offering for all of Israel, 12 male goats according to the number of the tribes of Israel. Now here's what's crazy for homework. Check out what Solomon did when he dedicated It was about 400 times the amount they did. That kind of tells you the poverty that they're involved in, right? And a vast, vast difference in the amount of offering and what they did. So hey, these guys were poor, and here's what I kind of love also. They didn't take advantage. Remember what Darius said to Tetanai and and what's his face? She's her guy. He said, hey, you guys supply all their needs. So they could have asked for a whole bunch. Hey, they were pretty, I think they were pretty frugal in what they asked for. So they have that dedication. Then verse 18 says, they assigned the priests to their divisions. Remember that, that uh, uh, King David lined them out so they'd have different divisions doing different things. And the Levites to their division over the service of God in Jerusalem as it is written in the book of Moses. You know what I find amazing? is they had scrolls with them. Remember, they didn't have books. They would have had scrolls. And when Israel went into captivity, they would have carried the scrolls with them, the writings of Moses and, and, and you know, all the prophets up to that point and, and the Psalms of David. They carried these scrolls and here they, they have, they, they still are hanging on to those. Hey, they weren't easy to transport. They weren't easy to take care of, but they have them. Why do I know they have them? Because they said they did it according to what was written there. So they're reading it and they're doing it and they're celebrating and hey, this had to be a phenomenal time for them. And then, Look how close, verse 19. And the descendants of the captivity kept the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. So, hey, they, they, uh, they finished it on the third day of the last month. So they began the celebration on the 14th day of the first month. So it wasn't that long, and they're celebrating Passover. 
You gotta love, man. They're right back into it and they're celebrating. And remember Passover. If you're newer to the faith and don't understand, Passover was celebration of the time they, that God brought them out of Egypt and delivered them from Egypt. Can you imagine how good it must have been to celebrate at that time with the temple and celebrate, man? Hey, they just got delivered from Babylon. Well, it was a while ago, but hey, now they got the temple. They're back together. So I imagine that was probably one of the best Passovers ever. Verse 20, for the priests and the Levites had purified themselves all of them were ritually clean and they slaughtered the Passover lambs for all the descendants of the captivity for their, uh, for their brethren the priests and for themselves then the children of Israel who had returned from captivity ate together with all who had separated themselves from the from the filth of the nations of the land and in order to seek the Lord God of Israel. And they kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy for the Lord made them joyful and turned, their, and turned the heart of the, of, of the king of Assyria toward them to strengthen their hand in the work of the house of the God of Israel. Wow. From where we left off when we went to Haggai and Zechariah discouragement, beat up, tired, worn out, not wanting to go on, ready to give up. And then the two prophets show up. I can kind of see them just hanging with each other. And I can, I, I can even hear them probably, probably like, dude, you're pretty harsh. You said that really rough. I love the fact that God uses different personalities and different people, and we see that. And, and you know, and Haggai would ask Zechariah what he was smoking when, when he saw all that stuff, right? But you kind of see, man, God used those two men and they come along, and they come alongside Zerubbabel and Jeshua the priest, and they come alongside, man, and they get the people, and the people are motivated, and they're going, and man, at the end, look at, look at it at the end. You and I need to know something. We need to trust God through the good times, and through the bad times. And when we get through the other side of the bad times, you and I need to be a people who we celebrate our God. That's what they stopped and did. They stopped and celebrated. They didn't celebrate King Darius. They celebrated God. And they got their temple done, and I can just, I can just hear some of the young guys telling some of the old guys, hmm, make fun of our temple now. We got it done. And so you and I need to learn something, man. It's the body of Christ. Let's encourage one another. The last thing we need to do is cut up each other. We need to encourage one another, and we need to, hey, we need to be busy about the Lord's business. And we need to get his temple built. I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about let's be busy and get people into the kingdom. When the last Gentile saved, Jesus is coming back. So that might be tonight. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, man, you better come forward because it might be you. You might be that one that's holding up the entire body of Christ getting raptured. No pressure. But I do believe, listen, I do believe there's a number, but in all seriousness, if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, right now is the time to get serious about that. Right now is the time for you 
to realize you need to call on the name of the Lord. And here's the great news. If you call on the name of the Lord, he will hear you. And my Bible says you will be saved. So let's stand up and pray. Father, we think about what we read and what we looked at tonight. And, and Lord, a lot of stuff going on. And we see how some people are just gonna come in and disrupt or try to disrupt what you're doing. And God, I thank you that you raise up men in the midst of that who can speak to those issues, speak against those issues, and bring the people to the place where they can serve you and they can honor you. And I pray tonight that as we think about what we read and, and maybe things going on in our life that, that we would realize, man, we didn't come here by mistake tonight. That you brought us here and, and Lord, you had a word for us. That maybe in the midst of a heavy time or a, a time of extreme discouragement, that God, you haven't forgotten us, you haven't lost control, you haven't given up but the whole time you're working and God, as we, as we read this, you are working way behind the scenes that nobody knew. Nobody had any idea that you were working on the heart of Darius. And so Lord, I pray that we would be men and women who would trust you and we would not let discouragement become the guide for our life, but we would allow you, God, the Holy Spirit to guide us. And God, we pray that you'd be glorified in our lives. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.